Hey, it's me, Sam. This is still my podcast. I can't believe it's been January since I last posted an episode. What a degenerate. Oh my gosh. Has it been January, though? Because I thought I recorded one in February. Or no, I missed February, and then in March, I think I recorded one, and then never got a chance to post it. I'm so sorry. It's bad. I know it's bad. I make no guarantees that it's going to be any better. But I did have somebody message me to ask if I've recorded and posted any new episodes lately. And you know what? It just takes one. It just takes one person out of the millions in this world to remind me to record and to uh, motivate me to do it. Do you know where that comes from? It just takes one. My old pastor was so funny he would say something like does anybody want to hear the story about how my dog got a sweater in his paw when I was four years like just something outrageous and and then like one person would rain and he'd be like all right it just takes one it just takes one person (laughs) to be interested and uh and then I'll tell the story so that's that's where that I, I stole that quote it just takes one Anyway, how y'all doing? I felt compelled to record too because I want to just speak some encouragement into y'all's lives and into my own life because I know that it's been rough. It's been rough for everybody. It's been different. It's been rough. This lady in front of me loves her dog. Apparently, she also loves driving 10 miles under the speed limit. Lady, it's raining. It ain't a blizzard. You got good tires on your car. I can see them spraying the water. You don't need to drive 10 miles under. Haul on. Haul, haul, haul. Okay. You know what? That's why they make two lanes. So you can pass when you need to. I'm driving. I just took... uh, I just took my youngest little foster baby son to his six month checkup can you believe that six months old so crazy he's doing awesome he's got a little stuff a little 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 pre pre me stuff a little prenatal stuff lingering on but it's okay we're getting through it and he's doing awesome he's growing his growth curve he's actually bigger than max and mia ever were it took mia until right now at six months to even get off like to to register onto a normal baby growth chart she stayed on that preemie growth chart up until six months old so and he's already at like 33 33rd percentile nope do you know what that means does anybody care i don't know he's getting big he's growing really good he started eating food this week um yeah, so he's doing great. Anyway, so let me give you just a, just a real quick recap on January, February, and March, and now almost all of April, okay? January, I don't really know. I don't really know what happened. Um, I, as I think I probably mentioned in my episode that I posted in January, I started uh, dating someone um, exclusively. Were we even exclusive by then? Let's see. No. 
I mean, maybe I did mention that I'd gone out with him, but we had our first in-person date at the beginning of January. Yeah. So, and I think I posted like January, middle of January. So maybe I mentioned that I had gone on a date with him um, and that we were still dating. And here we are in the middle of April, end of April, we're still dating. It's, we're still, still together, still going. Um, so that was January. Uh, I don't think really anything happened. January felt like a good start to the year. I was on track. I was motivated. I was eating well. I was starting to exercise more. I was losing weight like I wanted to. You know, he and I were going out and going on dates. And I was hiring a babysitter. And it felt like for the first time in about three and a half years, I was actually giving myself a little bit of attention. Which, I don't mean that to sound like a martyr. I'm perfectly content and so thankful for everything that I had going on in the three and a half years prior. But it did feel like a nice change of pace to pay attention to myself a little bit, spend some time, get to know somebody, have someone to talk to. It's, it was really nice. Then, February. February? Ah, oh, son of a... Came out of nowhere with coronavirus. I know y'all know, obviously, it's constant. It's just, there's nobody in the world that don't know what coronavirus is. February, I was trying to remember. I should look at my calendar. I should. But, basically, we started hearing rumors, you know, talk about coronavirus in China. Everybody was like, well, you know, big deal. Then, I have a friend, actually, who lives in Seattle, which is on the West Coast, and that's where it first started to kind of trickle into the United States. And he started telling me things about, because he works for Amazon, he started telling me things about how, uh, you know, it was starting to be something that people were talking about more. And then all of a sudden, he was working from home until the middle of April. And then all of a sudden, you start hearing about it trickling farther and farther across the country. And then now all of a sudden, we're, we're counting numbers in Ohio. So, you know... We went from it being something that it was just in the news here and there in China to all of a sudden, I remember it was a, I don't know the exact date. I need to write all this down because it's, this is not anything that's ever happened in, in a lot of people, most people's lifetime that are living right now. I think they're saying that the most last time something somewhat comparable to this happened was in 1918 with the Spanish flu. Was it 18 or 08? 19? I don't know. Anyway. But, so there's not a lot of people living right now who were alive in 1918. And so that's, it's not, this is like a once in a, hopefully, good grief, please, God, hopefully. I'm tired of being my kid's teacher. Please be once in a lifetime. Please. But yeah, I need to write these dates down and I have them, I do have them written down on my calendar. But in true fashion of this podcast, do you think that I got my calendar out and actually were looking at it while I'm recording? It knew. Uh, so anyway, I remember it was a Thursday. I just finished up with work. I was about to be finished with work. And we got a call from, um, or I was either watching or it, it, essentially somehow I found out that the governor had uh, Mike DeWine. Man, I love him. 
I tell you what, the more I, the more I see him, the more I read about him, the more I look at him, I love him. Um, that he had made a decision that schools were going to be closed from, so that, I think that was like the last week in February, maybe first week in March, all the way through for like a month till May 1st or something. I don't know. Now they're closed forever. <laughs> That's how it feels. School's out forever. <clears throat> and so I promptly took my happy self to the little grocery store in my town and spent about $400 on all the groceries, all the toilet paper. This is, bef- well, I guess, I guess I should say for about a week or so prior to that, you know how people were just snatching up all the toilet paper. And I hadn't really got onto that hype. I didn't really, was like, this seems kind of stupid. I'm not doing it. But when they did cancel schools, I thought, okay, my kids are about to be home from school all the time. I don't keep, like, I keep breakfast stuff for my son, but my daughter eats breakfast at her preschool or at her before school care. Anyway, so I had to get groceries and all the stuff. I guess I probably was thinking about the possibility of needing stuff even uh, maybe about a week before that because I had made a trip to Costco and bought up a bunch of Clorox wipes and a bunch of, uh, you know, just like staple type things in bulk even then. So I, I guess maybe even before the schools were closed, I had started to think about this might, you know, may, maybe being a possibility. I run, you know, I, I've talked about having anxiety before. I run with high anxiety. The other day, <clears throat> I guess I'm calling him my boyfriend. I don't really know how that works when you're pushing 40. Do we still say boyfriend? Feels a little juvenile. <laughs> my friend, who also happens to be male. I don't know what you call him. I don't, I don't Anyway, I'll say boyfriend for the sake of being able to reference him. My, uh, He was giving me a hug. And he said, um, I had just, this is a side note. My goodness, people, can y'all calm down at Chick-fil-A? Is there no other restaurant that you can go and eat at? I'm telling, when I say to you that I literally sent him a text and said, cause I was picking up lunch to take to his house. He and I are both working from home. Okay. You know, some days of the week. We're both still working. So thankful. So, so very thankful. I know there are a lot of people who are furloughed, laid off, fired, the whole deal. So thankful. Both of my jobs still working. He still is working at his job. But we do have some days that we're working from home. So anyway, I go to Chick-fil-A. That's what we decided on to pick up lunch for he and I. I sent him a text. There's literally a million people in this line. And when I say a million, I mean it. I mean, when I say a million, I mean at least a hundred. I've never seen anything like it. The line was wrapped around the whole restaurant, which is normal. We know that's normal for Chick-fil-A. But then on top of that, it was busting out the entryway onto the, the, the shopping center road, all the way out to the main road. I mean, it was nearly causing a traffic accident. So I said, forget it. I'm not, there's no way. And then like, you're like, well, it's Chick-fil-A. Even though there's 600 people online, they'll still get you in and out of here in under a minute and a half. It it wasn't moving. I don't know what their malfunction was. It wasn't like a normal Chick-fil-A where you see it there's 600 and then you just fly through it. It wasn't like that. So I said, forget it. I'm out of here. Then I go to Popeye's because I'm like, 
Well, he tells me all the... I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what's close. He tells me a list of all the restaurants that are closed. I'm like, okay, Popeye sounds good. I still had yet to try the chicken sandwich that everybody made such a big flipping deal about a couple of months ago. So I'm like, okay, I've been wanting to do try this sandwich. Let me get it. Let's go to Popeye's. I get to Popeye's. Excuse me. This lady, two cars in front of me, apparently, I don't know what she was doing. It took her eight hours to order her food. I was screaming and cussing. I was so mad. <laughs> there weren't as many people in line, but it did still take forever. Then they want to mess up my whole order. So finally, I get my food. I get to his house. He's giving me a hug. He's like, is your heart beating fast or something? He could feel my heart beating just by hugging me because I was my anxiety was raging to the point that I guess I was probably having a panic attack at that point. I don't know. I don't even know anymore. It's just maybe I think I'm in a constant state of panic. But uh, yeah, so with somebody for somebody who has high anxiety, which I know I've talked to a lot of y'all who struggle with that as, as same as I do, this has been difficult. This has been really difficult because I waver between uh, build a bunker in my basement and stock enough food for the next six months, food and water for the next six months. I waver between that and like, it'll be fine. God will take care of me. You know, so there's really no middle ground. I either go full out or I don't do anything. And I've, and, and, and I waver between those two things. But I did, like I said, I did go to the grocery and buy up a bunch of stuff. I did go to Costco the week before that, buy up a bunch of stuff. Kids are home from school. Turns out I bought a bunch of stuff. Then my kid's school starts delivering lunches. So now I've got more stuff in my refrigerator than they'll ever eat because they want they bring a delivery of food, which is awesome and so kind because my kids never bought lunch. So it feels a little like I'm cheating the system, but we take it because they offer it and they deliver it and it's so kind and, and wonderful. But yeah, so they bring every Monday and Thursday this giant box of food and sandwiches and carrots more carrots than anybody could ever eat and milk and cereals and cookies and chips and just all kinds of junk that's just perfect for them being at home um i'm trying to get a diet coke at mcdonald's and their signs just shut off are you seriously about to tell me that their electricity went out oh okay we're back in business never mind yeah that's what i thought that's what i thought mcdonald's mcdonald's Anyway, so I don't even know. February, uh, we my, my boyfriend and I tried to go out for Valentine's Day. He ended up being sick. His birthday was the day before. He was sick on his birthday. He was sick on Valentine's Day. We didn't get to really go out and do anything, which is which was fine. We 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 made it. We it was fine. People get sick. I mean, what are you gonna do? It just happened to be on my very first Valentine's in 10 years that I've stayed. So anyway, I'm not better. I'm not better. I told him if I, if I let him stick around till next Valentine's Day, ooh-wee, he better make up for it. I mean, at that point, we'd barely known each other for a month. So it's not like it was going to be a big, you know, romantic ordeal anyway. Um, he did get me a flower, which was really nice. A potted flower... So even at that point, a month into it, ladies, this man was already paying attention and learning me, which I like is nice because I love flowers and I do like a, a arrangement, but also I keep a lot of house plants. And so he bought me a house plant instead of a, you know, a bouquet of flowers that would end up dead anyway. 
And despite the fact that I do like to kill about every, one out of every five house plants that I try to keep alive or try to have, I have managed to keep this one alive. I don't know how. I barely water it. I'm awful at keeping plants alive. Okay, so that was February. We're going to skip forward to March. March was just a, a, basically a total shit show. Okay, we all know that. My kids' school got canceled. So the first week... Everybody was trying to figure out what to do. They had a little bit of work to do. Nobody really knew what to do. We didn't know how to do online class. Nobody knew what was going on. Then, the second week, it's supposed to be spring break. So, now you're on spring break, but you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You have no schoolwork. I, at one point, I think Charlie played PlayStation for 48 hours straight. Because I didn't know what to do. I'm like, it's still cold. We're not going anywhere. I'm still working full-time you're home all day I mean there's been days that have there's been times that have gone by where it's been like when's the last time you take a shower I don't know how many times I've asked him that when's the last time you take a shower you know what his response is I don't really remember okay well if you can't remember the last time that you took a shower chances are you need to take a shower today uh I mean that's kind of what March was March was just chaos also in March I dropped to my lowest weight that I had been at in over two years and then promptly in a month managed to gain about 10 pounds back. <laughs> so went into April, in the middle of April and gained it all back. But th there's a couple of factors and, uh, you know, I'm dating this guy. He is 6'5", uh, eats with re no regard has no I'm not a care in the world one time he told me that he decided he wanted to lose a little weight ladies this will make you I don't want you to hate him but this probably will make you hate him one time he told me he decided to lose a little weight so you know what he did instead of eating pop tarts for breakfast he ate a fiber one bar then instead of drinking sweet tea he drank unsweet tea with a little bit of sweetener then, instead of eating uh, three-way at Skyline, he got the baked potato with whatever they put on it. Chili. The man lost 30 pounds just by making those changes. Yeah. So, that's what I'm dealing with. So, he's eating everything. He, he wants to eat ice cream on brownies and shit all the time. Of course, I can't help myself. I have no self-control. We all know I've got binge, binge eating disorder. So, if there's food in the, in the, in the house, I'm going to eat it. I like him, so I'm buying up all this stuff because when he comes to my house, he wants their sweets and, and stuff there. Ten pounds. Ten pounds later, I realize, oh, okay, I cannot eat like this man. I got to chill out. I'm cooking all these, I'm cooking dinner every single night, and I'm cooking all these big, rich, delicious meals because why not? I'm home. I might as well. Lasagna and shit. And then we make a pan of lasagna. It's so much lasagna, we got to eat it for three meals. So you got, and it's so delicious, you have to eat anyway. Ten pounds later, here I am, the end of March, end of April. It, Ten pounds, uh, I got to try to get it back down and keep going down because it's ridiculous. So that was March. Uh, he, the boyfriend and I, still, still dating. I mean, but dating like in a in a way that's confusing because we can't go anywhere. We can't go to dinner. We can't go uh to a movie all the movies are closed down we can't we had um i think actually the day after my kids school shut down 
we had a our last like out of the house date where we went to dinner and then went to a uh, and went bowling, and then since then it's just been seeing each other at each other's houses, which I know you're not even supposed to do social distancing, <laughs> but whatever. Just don't tell Mike DeWine or Dr. Amy Acton because. I don't want them to get mad at me. I kind of want to be friends with them. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so that was March. You know, every other day, my both of the companies that I work for came out with new policies, new direction, new wear this, don't wear this, see these patients, don't see them. I mean, literally every other day we were on a conference call or a town hall meeting or whatever they want to call it with new and updates and blah, blah, blah. So it was just, you know, it was just what it was. Every day was something different. The days carried on. Obviously time marched on and we just had to adjust. And I know that's the same for everyone. You know, you, one day you have your job, the next day you're furloughed. One day you have a full-time income, the next day you have a half-time income or part-time income. And it's been, I know it's been really, really super difficult for people to manage, um, you know, filing for unemployment. Uh, I've had, I had a friend who, you know, had, was my age and had worked. She said she'd worked her entire life, had never had to file for unemployment. Again, not that... I said that wrong. Not that filing for unemployment has any implications of anything. I mean, you get laid off, things like that happen. It doesn't mean that you're not, you know, you're not working. But in her situation, she had always worked. She'd always, she'd never been laid off. She's a nurse. So, you know what I mean? She never had had, not had a job and needed to file for unemployment. And then all of a sudden, she works in a surgical center. All elective surgeries are canceled. She's laid off and is filing for unemployment. And then trying to navigate that system and figure out, you know, a lot of people, and this is something that I think has been really good for me to realize is that, you know, I've been very, like I said, I've been very fortunate to where I am still um, working and receiving both of my incomes. But what if I wasn't? Or what if I had to wait for a month before I got, you know, a payment from unemployment? <clears throat> and how would I manage that? And do I have money and things saved for situations like this that nobody could have ever predicted or planned for. Um, or, you know, I guess the thing is I should, I should evaluate and I have been evaluating being more prepared and, you know, acknowledging that I, even if I would have lost both of my incomes, it would have been fairly devastating because I wasn't prepared. And so being more prepared go thus forth learn from your mistakes you know the whole deal anyway <clears throat> but I know a lot of people you know were in the same boat that I was in that it wasn't something obviously that you plan on you've got a bunch of kids you've got two incomes you're pretty well living paycheck to paycheck with maybe a little bit of wiggle room a little bit of margin and then all of a sudden you're not getting paid we do have the stimulus packages that shook down from the federal government I'm sure that helped you know uh the research is showing that people aren't running out and buying big screen TVs or spending money on frivolous things. They're paying their mortgage and they're paying their 
for food and they're paying their utilities to keep their utilities on. Like they're paying their bills essentially with these, with the stimulus money, with tax returns, things like that. So, you know, it's just a rough, it's been a a real rough balance. And I know y'all have seen these, seen this in the news and I know there's been protests and things like that that have carried on, but it's been a really rough balance between, um, you know, trying to, to get, um, anyway, I, what I was saying, well, I had to pause it for a second cause I was trying to figure something out with my work, but what I'm trying to say is I don't envy anybody in the government making, who's making decisions about this thing because it is a real struggle between to balance people's lives because of health issues and in this coronavirus and 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 protecting lives that way when on the same hand you have lives that are needed protected on the economic side you know things that we have ne- I've not seen in 20 years you know gas at a dollar a gallon we were running pushing $3 a gallon before this started Um, so the gas price is falling, you know, nobody's flying, nobody's taking cruises, no one's going on vacations. Those types of things are not happening. People are not traveling. The economy is tanking, tanking, tanking. And so trying to sort out when can we start resuming our normal lives, but also acknowledging the fact that this virus is still here we still have to take protective measures. We still, anyway, we can't shut down the, the whole country forever, but then you don't want to risk people's lives. So I don't envy them. I don't envy them. I respect the decisions that they make. I hope that they are, and I feel like at least in Ohio, I mean, I feel like our people, whoever it is, are making good decisions in that, you know, we're, our numbers are not exploding and we're, I I don't know who, what do I know? Who knows? And who knows what actual information is accurate? Here's what I'm doing. I'm wearing a mask basically anytime that I leave my house. Uh, I'm still working. We're required now with my, um, one employer to wear a mask whenever we see patients. My other employer did drop to just only phone visits. So that was really encouraging that they, you know, value their employees on that level and value their patients as well. Because obviously when we're going from one patient to the next, next, the risk of cross-contamination, um, is very, uh, possible. Um, okay. So that was, so did I talk about March? I mean, there wasn't really anything March. Like I said, it was just chaos, just full on chaos. A lot of screaming in my house, a lot of crying, um, <laughs> out of everybody, me, my children, all of a sudden, my three-year-old who loved preschool is no longer going to preschool. She's with the other two little ones. That's something that I am also very, very thankful for is that, you know, her preschool shut down. And thankfully, my sitter who I've had for about three years was able to kind of absorb her. And it really ended up, you know, working out in that she's pretty well dependent on my kids coming and me paying her because she doesn't have, you know, any other, very many other kids who are still coming consistently because obviously there are a lot of the other parents are not working. Um, so I guess that that's, that was March, you know, I don't, I don't really know if there were any other highlights. 
this did decide that because I am home as much as I am and because we're not going anywhere on the weekends, we have no sports going on, no track, no softball, no anything that um, was going to revive the garden and have been working on that, you know, probably started around the end of March coming up with plans and getting things prepared, rented a giant tiller, got her tilled up, pretty excited about it. Um, yeah, just as the temperatures have gone up and as it is starting to be a little bit warmer, I think I've talked about this enough for y'all to know that I am not, um, I don't function in cold weather. I don't go outside. I don't like it. I hate it. (laughs) So as it's gotten a little bit warmer here and there, I pretty well have been outside. I mean, the past couple of nights it's been warm. It's not been raining. I've been outside till about 930 working um, and doing stuff outside. So I like that. That makes being home as much as I've been a little bit easier. The weekends, my goodness, the weekends where it's been cold or windy or raining and stuff. And we have just been in the house all day, all of the day <laughs> with myself and five children's and, and yeah. We did puzzle. We did a big puzzle. We've done two big puzzles. That's been fun. Uh, we've watched a lot of movies. We've um, argued a lot. Charlie's played a lot of PlayStation. I've cooked a lot of food. And yeah, so here's what I'm saying. We're into April. And I mean, honestly, last week was still rough. I guess essentially you'd call this the last week of April. So here we are basically about, I think this is six weeks of my kids being home full time. This is the the sixth week. I feel like this week we are just now getting into what I feel like is a a sustainable rhythm for this being, because obviously, as you all know, the schools are out for the rest of the year. We're in a sustainable rhythm for this being something that feels a lot more doable for the rest of this month and in the all of May. I feel less anxious. We, I got, you know, my daughter had some assignments that I didn't know how to access other than through my phone. And so she got behind on some of her work. We got caught up on that, figured out, you know, it's just technology stuff that I don't really care about or care to know about. And so trying to figure out how to manage those things now that they are home. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is what I want to say. And I actually, I talked about this in the, in the episode that I recorded in March, and this is kind of my take home point for today and the encouragement that I want to leave you with. I think what I saw a lot, and especially in the first couple of weeks of this quarantine, stay at home order, whatever you want to call it, is that a lot of parents were really beating themselves up. And really saying, like, this is so, this is a lot, this is overwhelming, this is blah, 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 within the first couple of weeks. And then even maybe still, I mean, just yesterday I saw my cousin, you know, post on Facebook about how she was, like, just through with it, over it, you know, and feeling that way. Six weeks into it, I'm feeling, I'm still annoyed. I want my kids to go to school. I cherish being home in my, in my home alone. That's not happened. (laughs) in a long time. I love my children so very much. Don't get me wrong. But it's just different. So, and this is what I talked about before all of this started back in the episode that I recorded in March is the same, is the same sentiment that I experienced when I started dating this man that I'm dating. 
is I, when he and I met, I felt like I was in a, maybe a better place emotionally and spiritually than I had been in a lot of years. I felt very confident, um, in what I wanted in a relationship and what I was looking for. I felt very confident in the fact that I had zero intention of changing myself or of molding myself or, or even, um, in, in accommodating anybody else's behavior that I wasn't, um, okay with. Um, I knew exactly who I was. I felt very whole and healed and confident, all of those things. I felt like I had done a lot of work and that's why I had started, you know, pursuing dating because I felt like I was quote unquote ready to do that. Um, but here's the thing, and this is the same thing I think to, you know, not only to apply to dating or to, uh, an epidemic, a, a, a virus pandemic or a, what is it called? Epidemic, not pandemic, a pandemic, pandemic. Yeah. Um, you know, quarantine and, and your kids being home all any type of a change or a disruption in your life. Even if prior to that moment, you felt confident in your mental health or you felt confident in your emotional health or whatever you want to call it. I want to just make sure that we're encouraging ourselves and encouraging each other that it is okay to have kind of a breakdown of that confidence in the face of turmoil and change and disruption. I had a really difficult time in the first couple of months that he and I were dating because I really questioned myself on if I had actually done the work that I needed to do. And I really questioned like, why am I still having some of these same issues come up of insecurity and of self-esteem and of, you know, all these things. Why am I still struggling with some of these things that I really thought I had conquered? Well, here's the, here's why, because it's a lot easier to feel confident and secure and have high self-esteem when it's just you. But when you bring another person into your life and into your world, obviously those feelings and that confidence is going to be disrupted. Same as this whole Corona, the Rona, the Rona is going to be disruptive and it's okay. I think the most important thing is to acknowledge, yeah, this is different. This is a different world. This is a different schedule. This is a different expectation that we were putting on ourselves. I was just thinking today, man, if you would have told me back in the middle of October that I could take on another baby, I would have said, no way, no how, can't do it, cannot put another thing on my plate. Well, here we are six months later. (laughs) If you would have told me in January, you're about to be in a serious relationship, we're putting that on your plate. I would have been like, absolutely not, cannot give any more, have zero time or attention to give to a relationship. No, thank you. I, and that was the thing is that he and I, you know, said from day one that we, neither one of us were wanting to pursue a serious relationship. That's where I was at. I was interested in dating only. And well, here we are for almost four months later. Here we are. I think what's crazy and what's God has given us this capability that I think is so awesome really is that 
we are able to take on a lot more onto our plate than what I think we realize that we're capable of being able to do. Uh, you know, if you would have told me after in the middle of February, after now I have an, a new baby and a new relationship that I'm giving my attention to, if you'd have said, oh yeah, by the way, uh, you're also going to take on uh, being your both of your children's teacher full time on top of still working both of your jobs and everything else you got going on. I would have been like, get the hell out of here. No way. My kids are going to school. I will drop him off on the front porch. I don't care what you tell me. But here we are. Here we are six weeks into it. My kids are learning. They're doing their schoolwork. We're getting through it. And it's, it's on. We have the capability as humans to take on so much more than I think we realize we're capable of taking on. And for me, a lot of that confidence and being able to take more things on, you know, after the fact, like I said, if you'd have told me before, I'd have been like, forget about it. No way. But after the fact, when it's already done, it's said and done. And when I'm already into it, when I've already got a baby in my house, when I'm already in a relationship, when I'm already, my kid's school is canceled. There's no way to change those circumstances. It's just acknowledging to God, I can't do this on my own. I've got to have your power. I've got to have your strength. I've got to have your confidence because that's the only way that I can get through this. And a lot and praying a lot and praying that God would help me to know how to how to manage my time, how to give priority to things that needs priority. Now, are there times where that's not happening? Yeah. You know what it's called? It's called mental health, mental health awareness. <laughs> it's called self-care. You know, are there times where <clears throat> my house is a total wreck and instead of giving attention to cleaning my house, I'm renting a tiller and tilling up my garden and planting peas and, and having my boyfriend build me this teepee so I can grow my peas uh, up a trellis to make it. Yeah, I'm doing all that. And it doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. And maybe there are other things that, you know, I got a barn that's falling down. I got a gutter that's broke down. Yeah, there are things that maybe seem more urgent and that, you know, maybe some people would look at that and be like, um, you need to give more attention to this, this, and this. You need to get your priorities sorted out. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what I call that? I call it self-care. I call it every once in a while. I got to do something that I really want to do, even if it doesn't make any sense. Or every once in a while, I got to buy something for myself, like a giant bag of power tools. I did that. <laughs> that maybe doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's called self-care. And if nobody's getting hurt and everybody is taken care of and my kids are all fed and healthy and have showers at least once a week, uh, you know, we're good to go. I can, I can give a little attention to my garden here and there so that I feel like, anyway, that's my self-care. That's how I take care of myself. It, it maybe doesn't make sense to other people. Like, oh, you take care of yourself by spending uh, two and a half hours uh, revamping a whole flower bed. That's what I did last night. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And you know what? When I walked outside this morning and I saw it all cleared out and I saw the stump that I had cut down and I broke out my chainsaw last now, last night and cut down the stump to the ground and I saw the plastic down. I saw my little plants popped out. I saw the potential of all the space to be able to plant. That made my heart just feel so... It's ridiculous. I know it's ridiculous, but that's me. You got to figure out on your end what you need, what do you need to do and stop beating yourself up for it. If you need to take a couple of hours in the evening and tell your kids, watch Frozen 2 
for the 600th time so I can paint this bathroom because I really want to paint it and, it and I feel like it needs it and I'm, I've been itching to do it, do it and don't feel bad about it. I struggle with that too. I struggled with, I'm out here working and my kids are inside or I'm out here working and my kids are running around and I'm not spending time with them. Look, you know what my kids need? My kids need for me to be healthy and they need for me to be whole and they need for me to be fulfilled because that's when I'm going to be able to give them the best of my attention. And so sometimes that means that I'm not playing with them or I'm not entertaining them or I'm not giving them 100% of my attention because, I mean, I am supervising my children. I don't, nobody get worked up. You know, or maybe I asked Charlie, hey, Charlie, can you put on a movie for them and sit in the living room with them? Never the baby. Okay, I just get nervous. The baby's in bed, okay? Just to be clear. I got the monitor. I'm holding the monitor. It's outside. I'm watching the baby. The older two. You know, I asked Charlie to put a movie on. And can you sit in there with him while I finish this up? Because I, I really want to accomplish this. That's, that's what we got to do. And we can't beat ourselves up about it. So here's the takeaway. We can't beat ourselves up. And we have to, we have to really... Just take a deep breath and acknowledge that when things change in our lives, it's okay to respond. It's okay to feel like we take a couple steps backwards. It's okay to say, gosh, I'm having these feelings again and I thought I'd, uh, I thought I'd overcome them. Let me, let me keep working on it. It's okay to acknowledge man, I thought that I had fully recovered or I had fully uh, conquered these feelings. And turns out here they are just raging, raging. I haven't, I haven't done, I need to do more work. It's okay in the face of a change, in the face of a trauma, in face of trauma, in face of a uh, disruption in our lives to take some inventory and to acknowledge that there's still work that can be done and that it's okay. And how can we give attention to that? And how can we allow God to mold us and to work in our hearts and to work in our lives so that we can come out on the other side of it? You know, here's the thing that I, here's what I said um, to this, this guy that I'm dating. I don't know what's going to happen with him. I have said from day one, but long before I even met him that I never want to get married again. I still pretty well stand by that. (laughs) We'll see what happens. But here's what I did say to him. Regardless of what happens, I am going to come out on the other side of it, whether that's with him or without him, a stronger and, and better person. Because even through the difficult situations, the few difficult situations that he and I have kind of navigated through, we have done it, I think, really well, and I have done it differently and been able to navigate through things differently with him than I've ever been able to, you know, we are, we have conversations and it's, it's just a different, whole different interaction. And so I'm learning techniques and, and communication and things in a different way than I'd ever had it before in any other relationship. So that's the goal. The goal obviously is to grow. The goal, obviously, is to improve. The goal is to make changes so that we are stronger and better and do things in a way that honors God and is glorifying God in a, in a, in a, you know, and more and more and more in every part of our lives. The same with this corona. The goal is 
when this is said and done, please God, please be over at some point. (laughs) When this is said and done, we come out on the other side of it and we look at ourselves and we say, holy shit, look what I just did. Look what I just did. I just taught my kids fifth grade math and finished out the year for them. I just managed all three of my children and their schedules and their Zoom meetings and their, I can do these things. Okay, what else can I do? Maybe I can go back to school. I've been telling myself for two years that I can't go back to college and finish my degree. Maybe I can. Look how well I managed my kids and their school and their work and their meetings and their blah, 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 blah. Maybe I can go back to school. Maybe I can look for a job and actually work outside the home And now that my kids are going to be in school, maybe I can take more things on and accomplish more things. Maybe I can contact, you know, I've been so worried about being overwhelmed if I were to take on a responsibility at church. But look how I manage this. Look how I was able to manage this responsibility in my home. So now maybe I reach out to my church and I can take on more servant, you know, responsibilities or I can take on children's ministry or teenager, whatever it would be. So that's the goal is to work through these times in our life that come, whether it's Rona or a relationship or a move or a new job or a different job, whatever it is to work through these times in our lives and to come out on the other side of it better to come out on the other side with some, some deeper insights into how we function in the face of adversity and how we function in the face of disruption and then to use those things and to use that learning to drive us to continue. What we don't want to do is when Rona is over and if our kids go back to school in the fall, we don't want to fall back into the same habits. We want to continue to drive forward and to continue to use some of the skills and the things that we've learned to, to, to basically to shape what our lives look like after this. I know for me, this is what I'm talking about. I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to give an example so you know what I'm talking about. For me... I am seriously evaluating if I am ever going to enroll my children in sports again. And some of you are like, what? Gasp. No. Here's the thing. Do I see the value in team sports and what it brings to my children's lives? 100%. Never. You'll never find me arguing with you about that. I see it. I love the fact that my kids have really formed great relationships, especially Charlie as he's gotten older and like junior high sports are intense. They practice every single day. They've got meets or whatever, multiple times a week on the weekend. So they spend a lot of time with their coaches. So especially for Charlie, do I see the value and am so appreciative with, for the relationship that he has with some of his coaches that he has 100%. Here's the thing though. My kids are not going to be professional athletes. They know that. I know that. (laughs) This time that we have had without the demands of the sports schedules has been a dream. There are parts of this quarantine that we have really, really enjoyed and really, really just thrived in. You know, I was saying that last weekend, it was so nice outside. It was a beautiful day. And I was saying like, If we weren't in this quarantine, my daughter would sometimes have two or three softball games a day on a Saturday. My son would have track meets multiple evenings of the week. 
you know, he would have track practice every single evening or every single afternoon after school. My daughter would have softball practice, you know, two or three nights out of the week. We stayed running every single evening for sports that my children are not, my son's not going to the Olympics. Okay. Bless his heart. He is fast. He's strong, but he's not going to be a professional runner. He's not going to the Olympics. He knows that. I know that. So that's where I'm at. You know, as far as coming out on the other side of that is saying, what are we going to do about sports? Maybe we only play one sport a year. Maybe we take one season and one kid plays a sport and then the other season, the other kid plays a sport. And the next, as I get older, they all take a season. Maybe we don't play a sport every season because it's a lot. It is so, the demands of these sports teams are so much to that. I started noticing my bank account kind of piling up and I was like, how come I'm not? Oh, I know why. Because when my kids play sports, we have to eat out every single night. I don't have anybody else at home that can cook dinner and then we come home and maybe we eat dinner at eight o'clock. I don't have that. And I'm not cooking dinner at eight o'clock at night. So we eat out every single night with, with a family of four that are now eating or five of five, four children. And then myself, it ends up being 40, $50 every single night. And so I started noticing my bank account and I'm like, that's what it is. I'm not spending $200 a week at the grocery. And then on top of that, 200, $250 a week eating out. You know, which is what what it was kind of adding up to during sports seasons. So, you know, have I made a final decision? No. Have I talked to my kids about it and see what they think? Not really. We've mentioned it a couple of times. I'll tell you what they have said. They love that they're home. They love being home. My daughter maybe misses her friends a little bit more because she is much more extroverted. My son spends time with his friends when they play their game, whatever they do on PlayStation, whatever. But... We have uh, uh, the advantage of having some land and animals, and we've had baby goats, and we've had we have chicks, and we have ducks, and so we have some things that are entertaining in our own property. And, and in addition to just having the space that we have outside, and they've really loved it, and they've really thrived, especially as the weather has gotten better. And I also think that they've really thrived and have loved not having to run and go and do and be somewhere every single day of the week. Uh, my daughter, even the other day said, uh, she said, you know, the good thing about this coronavirus is that we're home and eat dinner together every single night. That's amazing. That's, that's what I want. I want to come out of this. I want to come on the other side of this and say, here were the good things. Here's the things that we learned. Here's the things that we, maybe we want to start adjusting. Like where, what do we value? If we value being able to spend this time together, what do we need to do about sports? What do we need to do about, uh, you know, schedules and things like that so that we can really give attention to the fact that this is important to us as a family. Um, So that's kind of it. That's kind of where I'm at, you know, trying to just take it day by day, give myself a lot of grace, do self-care in the way that I do it, which is sometimes planting a bunch of food and a bunch of vegetables and a bunch of fruit bushes and seeds and just giving a lot of attention to my outside space, which I love doing. Uh, And that's, that's kind of how I take care of myself. So, I mean, tell me what y'all are doing. How are y'all managing? I, I'm I'm a little offended that it's been th- since January and I haven't really heard from anybody except for one person. Like I said, it just takes one. Um, 
But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you all know how to get a hold of me. You can leave a message here on the on the uh, podcast even. But I really, uh, like I said, I've been thinking about this because I just thought, you know, let the whole point that I like I started this podcast was because I wanted to be able to be encouraging. I wanted to be positive, and I wanted. I kept thinking I need to. I want to record something because not that I've got anything special to say that nobody else has said before, but. I just want to say, you know, as just another person saying the same thing that a lot of people are saying, like, just take care of yourself, take your time. If you have a spouse, if you have somebody who can give you a break so that you can go in your closet and cry every once in a while, or you can lay in your bed and watch a movie for a couple of hours, or, you know, if your kids need, like I said, put a movie on for your kids, even if it's the hundredth time that they've watched Frozen, who cares? Take time, take care of yourself. This is a different time. There's no rules, okay? There's no screen time rules. There's no there's no rules about what your kids eat. Like just take care of yourself. This is survival. We're in survival mode right now. Hopefully it'll begin to settle down. Like I said, I felt I felt like we were full on survival mode for at least the first 5 weeks. We're still there, but it is at least settling down a little bit, but that's where we're at. Just survive. Just take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Pray do the things that you need to do so that you can, can function during this time, whatever that looks like, and don't feel guilty for it. Now, look, don't become an alcoholic. Okay. I know there's a lot of jokes about drinking at like 10 a.m., starting wine at 10 a.m., but don't do that. Don't become an alcoholic because it can be easy to slip into that. But, you know, take care of yourself. Do what you got to do. Don't feel guilty for it. If you need to go out like me and buy up a bunch of animals so you feel like you got something to do at your house do it if you need to go out and buy a big big uh, a tiller so you can take care of your land like i did do it if you need to go out and buy a giant bag of power tools so you feel confident enough to take care of your land like i did that's why i did you know do it but anyway and uh you know i think like i said don't beat yourself up when you see some of maybe some of your old habits or old hurts or old insecurities pop up just acknowledge it. Just acknowledge it's a different time. This is a different situation. These are different circumstances. And, and so obviously some of those things might come back up and then do what you can do to work through them again. Use your old tactics. Use your old coping mechanisms that worked before. You know, may, or maybe there you have to come up with some new ones. Um, but working through that. Here's the other thing I'd encourage you to do. And I, actually, I, I seriously consider this and I'm not, it's not off the table for me yet. There are a lot of providers that are doing uh, telephonic, text, FaceTime therapy. This is, if you need therapy, if you need somebody to talk to outside of your house, pursue it. Call your insurance. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to get your insurance card. You're going to look on the back of it where it says for provider search, provider find, whatever. You're going to call your insurance company. You're going to ask for a provider in network and then you're going to call that provider and you're going to ask them if they can set you up on a telephonic visit or on a FaceTime visit. So if you need somebody to talk to, if you need somebody to process how you're feeling, if you need somebody to give you some ideas on coping mechanisms because your brain is all full of common core and grammar and punctuation and third grade bullshit, second grade for me, but you know what I mean? Do that. Do that and pursue that. And again, don't feel guilty. Don't feel like you're losing it. Don't, we're all losing it. Okay. So if that's the way that you feel like it will be helpful, I want you to know that that's available. And that's something that I would encourage you to pursue. Um, we're stuck in our houses. You know, if you need somebody to talk to outside of your house, 
that's an option. If you need somebody to talk to outside of your house, um, call me. You can call me. You can text me. You can get a hold of me, and I'll and I'll talk to you. I don't want anybody to feel alone. I think that's the thing that I that can really creep in is just a feeling of isolation, a feeling of being alone. If you need to reach out, if you need somebody to talk to, you know I'm here for you. All right, I'm gonna post this. And then we're going to see what happens. It may be another four months <laughs> before I record. I hope not. It might be. We'll see what happens. All right. Y'all take care. Be good to yourselves. I'll talk to you the next time. Bye.